Okay, everyone, welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Today, we are bringing back a fan favorite recurring guest, none other than my wife, Christine. Woo! <laughs> She's here today to talk about some real-world applications of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership. She's going to, as I mentioned, be a recurring guest, and we're going to get into a number of different topics throughout that time, much like with Danny and the Lion Chat. So this is part of the extra content that's going to be coming to the podcast over the course of the next few months as we figure all this out. But Christine, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Colin, and all the Dynamic Leadership Podcast listeners. Um, I'm excited to be here. First things first, I do just want to say I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today, so I don't know if you can hear that in my voice. I just got back from a four-day trip to Miami for a bachelorette party, and those can get pretty tiring. 28 is older than you'd think. Um, But I'm excited to be here today talking about leadership, and our topic is going to be some of the real-world applications of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership. So for those of you who don't know, I work a nine to five job in digital marketing, doing a combination of people management and client management. Outside of that, I have my own business, Sweat with Stods, where I write workout programs and take on virtual personal training clients. I'm sure you've heard Colin's advertisements on the podcast, so you're probably aware that I do that. Um, But I also do in-person coaching. I coach on Tuesday nights at CrossFit Dilworth and on Thursday mornings at the F45 in Midtown Charlotte. Shout out if you're in the Charlotte area, you should come in and check out either of those studios. Um, if you want to DM me on Instagram at sweatwithstods, I'd be happy to get you set up with a free trial at either one. But if you're not in the Charlotte area, you could just check out Sweat With Stods. Uh, and since those are both fitness related things that I do, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. We can reserve my nine to five job discussion for another day, but today I wanted to talk about you know, how I apply these seven pillars of dynamic leadership specifically in my uh, fitness coaching jobs. So the way we'll go through this is Colin's going to kind of talk about each of those seven pillars and then I'll give you my rundown of how I apply them in real life. I'm a big fan of giving people real world examples uh, so that you can take these pillars, learn from them and apply them in your daily life. Yes, and stories seem to stick a little bit more than facts and reading out of a textbook per se. So I like that you're going to have some stories to share with us about your personal experiences with the seven pillars of dynamic leadership. And to kick us off, we're going to hit courage, which is such an interesting pillar and something that takes a lot out of you on a daily basis. To have courage, it makes you think, it makes you stretch it is something that a lot of people aren't comfortable with and i'm really curious to hear what you have to say about courage i know obviously knowing you as personally as i do that you are obviously a courageous person in a number of different ways but please kick us off and tell us a little bit more about this pillar and what it means to you yeah thanks for that kickoff uh courage is a big one for me so Being in the fitness space, you're really standing in the front of the room and all eyes are on you and you're really in charge of setting the tone for the entire room and making sure that everyone knows what to do. So this was something that I didn't really realize until I got into fitness coaching. I remember showing up on my first day of coaching HIT at Urban Life 
and Urban Life was a gym that I had been going to for years, but never taught at. And specifically, I had been doing CrossFit there for years, and they had HIT classes separately. So I had never been in the HIT classroom really until I went in to teach. And on my first day, I walked in thinking, oh wow, these people have been doing HIT here forever. They probably know way more about it than me, and didn't walk in with the attitude that I was the leader of the room. And it was a little bit intimidating. I kind of walked in almost deer in headlights like, oh wait, everyone's looking at me. I have to explain everything and make sure everyone knows what they're doing. Uh, So it took a lot of courage for me to really step into that role and see even if I think that these people might know more than me, they think that I am the leader in the room. So I need to put that intimidation out of my mind and step forward, step into that leadership role and command the room. Because if I'm scared and I'm unclear and I don't have the courage to really dictate what the room should be doing, that energy is going to be tangible and that's not really gonna set people up for the fitness class that they came in and were expecting to do. So needless to say, after that first class, uh, I really had to work on my courage and my presence in teaching. So it's one thing to be courageous and get up there in front of the room and tell that story and it's a great story and something I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to but what I'm curious to learn is how you got to that point like walk us backwards now to you're courageous you're teaching the class you're confident enough to do that how did you get to the point where you were confident enough was it a material thing like you knew what you were going to be teaching was it did you have experience doing it in a different realm a different industry that type of thing so a few things helped with this one i had to put it out of my mind that they knew more than i did that's a a common theme throughout my life i am always under the impression that like everyone knows what they're doing and i just don't and this was just another setting where i had to put that out of my mind and it also helped me to come in very prepared so when i was working at urban life I made all of the workouts. I would come in early and write them on the board. I would make the playlist for the class. I was the only one who knew what we would be doing that day. So inherently, that helped me have more courage because I really knew the content that I was going to be talking about. Uh, And then it really was something that built up over time. The more I got to know the people coming to my classes and the more experience I got with teaching, that really did help build that confidence because Even when I started at CrossFit Dilworth and when I started at F45, I was nervous for the first few classes that I taught and had to really get over that. So it's a mix of just feeling like I prepared in advance and really know my content, but also just putting yourself out there and doing things before you think you're ready, because then that experience will add up and help you be ready. Awesome. I want to dive into the next pillar, which is driving accountability. This pillar to me, accountability in today's world, I think is something that is a rare sight to see. And I don't know what the ultimate reason is for that, what type of scientific research there may be out there about why people are flaky, why people don't want to communicate when they say they're going to and why the accountability for even adults in this world just seems like it's at an all-time low. And maybe that's just a cynical perspective from my point. But I think if you're accountable 
in today's world, you stand out because there are so many people that aren't accountable. Accountability and drive are two of those factors that go together in one way or another. If you have the drive to do something and stick with it, you're going to more often than not be accountable. And that's why we pair those together. But tell us a little bit about what drive and accountability mean to you. I think a really obvious tie-in for drive and accountability would be the fact that my job is actually to drive others and hold them accountable to their fitness goals and keep them coming back to the gym. And I absolutely love doing that. There are some specific ways in which I do that. One of them being bringing people heavier weights, especially beginners who aren't feeling super confident in themselves yet. They'll come in and just go lighter than they can because they feel like they don't know what they're doing. And I'm here to hold you accountable to bring your best self to these fitness classes. So if you pick up a weight that I know you can do more than what's in your hand, I will go up and put a larger weight in your hand. I also make sure that I know enough individual names and make people feel like I have eyes in the back of my head like I'll be in one corner of the room and notice that someone in the other corner of the room is stopping early because they think I can't see them Uh, and I will yell their name from the other corner of the room so they know that just because I'm not right on top of them doesn't mean that I'm going to let them slip up Uh, so that's how I really hold other people accountable I also want to highlight that like my favorite part of class is the very beginning and the very end when there's unstructured time because that allows me to talk to people and connect with them on an individual level uh, which helps build that relationship and then keeps people coming back this is also something i really use my social media for as well so when i'm on sweat with stods a lot of my connections are, are the people that are in my classes that's a lot of who's liking my photos. I'm always liking theirs. We're in each other's DMs. If I see someone post a selfie that they're feeling pretty good after doing their workouts, like at F45 or at CrossFit Dilworth, I'll always comment and say something, really just clapping for those people, making sure that they know that the accountability doesn't always have to come from within themselves, and I'm, I'm there to help celebrate them and support them in whatever ways that they need. So an interesting point on accountability that you talked about is the fact that you have to be accountable to the type of work that somebody gets when they come into the gym and make sure that they are getting the full experience. In addition to that, that accountability you feel in turn makes them feel more accountable to come back because it's probably an understanding thing like knowing what they're supposed to be doing, feeling good about what they're doing. And then you talked about how that part of class in the beginning and at the end and how that is so important for you to build those relationships. Do you find that through those conversations, you're able to determine that line, if you will, where if you're trying to hold somebody accountable, especially in a fitness type setting, and you try to push them too hard, I'm sure it's pretty easy to lose them. So do you find that that time allows you to figure out like where each person's line is and how far you can push them before you lose them as a potential client? Yeah, that time spent discussing with someone like their goals before class or talking to them after class about how they're feeling is definitely a huge help with that. But it also comes down to just monitoring and sensing in the moment as well. 
there are some people that you're going to go up and push and they're not going to respond well to it. There are people who you can correct their form and they just completely ignore you and keep doing their own thing anyway. And you have to recognize who those people are so that you can spend your time on the people who really want to improve. Uh, But that time before and after class does really help, especially because you can identify if someone's having an off day or is feeling a specific injury that they don't usually have, and that will stop me from pushing them outside of that kind of zone that they should be in for that day. All right, let's move on to motivation. Motivation is obviously something that can be extremely fleeting, and I think motivation is a great tool to keep you focused, but I also understand how a lot of us will get extremely motivated or pumped up for something, and then we lose that interest once the moment's over. But if you stick with something and that motivation is there, it can really be a driving force and it can be something that pushes you through those times that can be really boring or can be really stressful or really difficult. And I think that's obviously the point of motivation and something you see a lot in the fitness world probably. So I also think it probably relates really well to the accountability piece. If you can motivate somebody, you can probably hold them a little bit more accountable too. Absolutely. I feel like motivation ends up being another kind of really easy tie-in to a job in the fitness world because the same way that I am there to hold people accountable, I am also there to be the motivation. But there's actually a lot that goes into this. I don't think people realize how hard it is to be motivational as a fitness instructor. So one of the biggest things that I have to do all the time is make sure that the music is on point because that can make or break the mood. One time I heard about an F45 class trying a country playlist because it was the 4th of July and that got some pretty terrible reviews. So can't really experiment with things like that. Have to make sure that you're keeping the energy up and on point by using the correct music. Uh, I also make sure that I change up what I'm telling people to focus on based on what the workout is. So when I'm explaining the workout to someone, I want them to know what the purpose is behind what they're doing and then give them something to focus on based on that. So for example, if it's a strength day, I'm telling them you need to focus on your form today. That should be the one thing running through your mind as you do this. Or if I'm coaching a different strength day, I'll say, what I want you to keep in mind this entire class is keeping the weights in your hand from the second the timer starts to the second the timer ends. I don't want to hear any weights drop when I start to say three, two, one. You need to keep those weights in your hand the whole time and be working that entire time. I will also give the strength cue that I want you to be picking up a heavier weight than you usually pick up. And all of those things depend on what the stimulus of the workout is, but those little reminders are what helps someone stay motivated to make those changes in their workout. Because if I didn't say something like that at the beginning of a strength class, you could just come in and be expecting to coast along because it's a strength day and that means you get to move slower and you might not know that the purpose of this workout is for you to be lifting heavier than you usually do. So making sure that I'm changing up what I'm saying there is a good way to keep people motivated. Uh, It's also a matter of hearing people engage in negative self-talk and and turning them around. So this is something that comes into play in the beginning of class or at the end of class when I'll hear people talk about some things in their 
lifestyle like oh I ate way too much yesterday or I went out drinking this weekend and now I'm not performing as well or things like that like oh I've been doing this for such a long time and I'm not seeing the strength gains that I want to I'm not seeing the results that I want to and hearing people say things like that and making sure that I'm able to turn that around Uh, it's even things like people showing a lack of confidence or complaining about the workout and saying that they can't do it I'm there to tell you that you can so when I hear things like that I make sure to turn it around and not just let people spiral or let them get into a negative headspace. I'm there to motivate you to be positive uh, as well. So as easy as it sounds like, yeah, I'm a fitness instructor, I'm here to be motivational. There's so much that you can do to motivate the people around you. Do you think it's harder to motivate a group of people like you are doing for the most part in your coaching versus doing it on a one-on-one type setting? I think that there's pluses and minuses to each. So on an individual basis, there are some additional factors that lead to motivation. So if someone is paying individually for a personal trainer, they're paying a lot of money. They're not going to want to miss that session and they're going to want to make the most of it for the most part. People who hire a personal trainer also tend to have very specific goals uh, that also lead to them being a little bit more motivated. On the flip side, there's no one else around, so it's really just the two of us feeding off of each other's energy. So it can be a little bit less energetic. And if you're personal training in an open gym setting, you can't really use things like music as a motivator because it's just going to be the gym music playing in the background. So kind of plus and minus is there. And then on the group front, music is something that you can use to your advantage and the same group energy is something that can be either an advantage or a disadvantage so when I coach at 5 30 in the morning and people come in straight out of waking up completely dead unable to talk at that point in the day that energy is pretty dragging and it's hard to turn around the energy in the entire room when more than half of the people in it are like oh my God, I'm not awake yet. So that can be kind of a minus, but it can also be a plus because if you're not teaching at 5.30 in the morning, if you're teaching a later class, people are super chatty and have been energized for the day already and are bringing all of that with them, which is great. It's also easier to motivate in a group setting when people that are there are competitive. So if you see that someone else near you picked up a different weight then you're going to want to pick up that weight and if you're in a crossfit class and you see someone who you usually compete with moving faster than you you're going to move pretty fast to try and catch up with them and i even notice that when i do my crossfit workouts as an individual versus when i do them in the classroom setting i know my speed differs Uh, so it really just kind of depends those can be helpful or harmful like depending on a lot of different factors basically all right well i think we pushed you enough here today we're almost halfway through the seven pillars of dynamic leadership i think we'll take a break here and on the next episode we'll come back and we'll finish the final four but before i let you go you are obviously one of my regular listeners and i was going to ask you a question about the seven pillars of dynamic leadership but since we're not 
totally done with that. I'm going to save that for the next episode. But what I want to ask you today, being a regular listener, say there's somebody who's listening for the first time, they tuned in just to hear you. What is a reason that somebody should get into the Dynamic Leaders podcast if they haven't already? Like, why do you come back week after week, taking me out of the equation? What type of value do you get out of the podcast? I find it really inspirational to hear from other people who are doing big things with their lives. And I just love to hear other people's perspectives on leadership and what it means to them. So I told you about all of my different jobs. I have to be a leader in all of those. And it really helps educate me in a fun way to hear from other people who are leaders in their own lives. That's the biggest value that I can think of. Besides, I know a lot of other people like to listen because the guests you bring on are athletes and that's really exciting to them not that that's not exciting to me but i use this more as a professional tool all right there you have it i know you can't see her but she is excited on the other end (laughs) and we are through this first part of the episode we also have some exciting news coming up together in person Uh, we have in the works a event or event series potentially at some local breweries here in Charlotte where Sweat with Stods will be combining with Talent 409 to deliver some leadership insight and hit workouts with beer to follow. So stay tuned to hear more about that as we finalize some of the details. And if you're in the Charlotte area, definitely come out for that. Awesome. Yes. And I will put any show note information that I can into those that I usually do. And We'll try to keep people up to date with our social media, so keep an eye out for that. We are back on Monday with a regular guest episode. 